Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is also the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'm delighted to be your host uh, today here on Drive Time. So welcome to the program, wherever you might be joining us. Our text line number here is 0488-880-811. And again uh, today and this week, we have a special offer a giveaway for you that fits right in with what we are talking about all this week. So stay tuned, listen out, and jot down that that number again. Our text line number 0488 880811. That's 0488 880811. And uh, when we give you the cue, contact us, uh, send us your details, your uh, SMS, and uh, we'll want to get you this uh, free giveaway. Don't miss out. Well, this week we are continuing to explore uh, what we started last week, which is we're going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The topic this week is personal spirituality and the radical teachings of Jesus. And our question today is, why does Christ criticize public philanthropy? Well, joining me today is Pastor William Mawala pastor of the Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, in Adelaide, along with the Gawler, Gawler Church. Good afternoon, William. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Joseph. It's always good to be here with you. Yeah. Look, uh, another new week, uh, William, and another increase in COVID cases around Australia, sadly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all you hear on the news and the media, and particularly what's happening in New South Wales. I mean, the whole state's in a lockdown. I've got family in Sydney, so they're... I kind of hear hear the updates of what's happening. So, um, yeah, it's not a good time to be in New South Wales and um, on the east coast of Australia at this time. So, yeah, so all yeah, prayers goes out to everyone affected and people doing it tough. To all of them, absolutely. And um, and then just uh, breaking through news about um, a gathering in um, over in in Melbourne. Um, okay. where um, a, a, a Jewish gathering it was that uh, were contravening COVID rules and um, oh. the, the, the Premier very, very upset and, um, um, you know, that, that Premier actually has quite a reputation for, for not being uh, favourable to, 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 to faith, to, 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 you know, okay. to Christian faith and, and um, not that this was a Christian group, but, um, he, yeah. It, it, You're talking about Dan- Daniel Andrews? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. There was a Jewish group that, that had, had a gathering there, and, um, yeah, he, he was, let's say, very unimpressed and, um, oh, and used dear. some very colourful language to describe their behaviour. Wow, I wasn't their, aware of that. Their, their okay. behaviour. And so, yep. yeah, a bit, bit unfortunate. But, um, but, yeah, apart from that, we, we, yeah, we really do feel for people that are, that are in lockdown. And um, I guess... The one thing, though, William, is if um, despite lockdown, people can still listen to Faith FM. Isn't that great? Yeah, that's uh, the beauty of radio and technology and 
as you would know very well, um, Pastor Joseph, when COVID hit our world uh, last year, everyone had to jump online and very quickly everyone went to Zoom services and prayer meetings and stuff like that. So exactly, it's yeah. becoming quite the norm now to use technology in every way possible. So yeah, we may be in the midst of a COVID um, situation in Australia. I think we're probably one of the luckier countries, to be honest, because there are other parts of the world that are doing it you know a lot tougher than we are so yeah yep so yeah so um prayers going out to those and those listening who've got family overseas that may be affected by what's happening with covid yeah we keeping you in our prayers yeah absolutely and so if you if you're listening and just tuned in um and you're in the midst of a lockdown look great that you can join us uh, thank you for joining us yep. um our thoughts and prayers are certainly with you and um yeah we want want you to know that um yeah we we are delighted that you're able to to tune in and um we yeah, keep keep um keep keep listening to 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 faith fm Amen. um yeah william i wanted to spend a few moments as we do here at the outset we we look at things that are happening around the world sure. um, and um some connection you know how it intersects with contemporary uh faith and religion um and um i i have here a um a news article that that i was just reading um titled um the latin mass exposes rift in the catholic church ah, uh, okay. and um and this was this was uh, th- th- let me just share a little bit here um uh, it says um uh, the, it, that the latin mass has exposed a rift in the church between traditionalists and mainstream catholics um, let me read a little bit here. It says, The traditional Latin Mass is a form of worship that can be mystical and beautiful, but it's also at the center of a division within the Catholic Church between those who hanker for powerful priests and a more rigid church and those who embrace greater involvement of the congregation. Um, and uh, it, it quotes then a, um, a senior lecturer in theology at the... University of Notre Dame, Australia, uh, who said that she was brought up with Latin Mass before the switch to what is known as the ordinary form. Um, the ordinary form being... Being um, in Latin. Uh, sorry, being in, in the language of, of, of people. Oh, um, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, the, the Latin Mass... Um, the Latin Mass uh, is where the priest speaks it in Latin and has his back to the people. Okay. He does all the prayers, he does all the readings, and it's basically as if he's a mediator for the people to God. Okay. That's the Latin Mass. That was the norm for 400 years or so. Um, its last update was made in 1962, and then it was replaced in the 1970s. All right. Following the Second Vatican Council with the ordinary form of the Mass. Uh, the new form... Uh, quoting from this article, made it much more clear that it's the people of God who are engaged in this and there was overwhelming support um, amongst Catholics and, and bishops, right. it says. Um, but uh, what... Uh, because, yeah, the, the new form means that the, the Mass is done in the language of the people. Um, but um, some Catholics, however, continued to call for the return of the traditional Mass... Uh, and in 2007, Pope Benedict XVI lifted restrictions on its use. All right. His successor, however, uh, Pope Francis, has shocked Latin Mass communities when he recently reinstated restrictions on its use. Uh, in a letter to world bishops, Pope Francis said that he was saddened that the instrumental use of the 
1962 version of the Mass is often characterised by a rejection not only of the liturgical reform but of Vatican Council II itself. And, and now this news article makes this point. Priests who have been celebrating the, the Latin Mass now n- now need permission from their bishop to continue to do so. And those who become priests after the Pope's instruction was published must apply to their bishop, who in turn must consult with Rome. Right. And uh, and now what what that means is the traditional Latin Mass um, can can still be done, but the priests need permission from their bishop, who in turn need to then get permission from uh, ultimately from Rome. And uh, and and this uh, news report uh, mentions how. Um, for some Catholics, that's actually hurt them because uh-huh. some of them prefer the Latin Mass, mm. prefer the old tradition, and uh, they're finding that there's these increased restrictions and they're, they're, they're not comfortable with that. Right. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're upset that they're, they're, they're hurt. And, and so we, what we find is we find this division between those who want to maintain the old tradition, um, even if it's in a foreign language, even if it's in Latin, they want that versus uh, having it in in ordinary language of of, of people of understandable language, and so um, you know, William. This, I mean, um, it's kind of an, an interesting thing to consider. I mean, we've got the whole idea of worship. What 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 is corporate worship? And then we've also got this division that happens between traditionalists and progressives. Which we see in, in in other churches as well. I, you know, interesting in, in in your thoughts on that. I mean, let me ask you: um, Is there a place for? I mean, what 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 do you think of when you hear of this? You know, uh, initially some of your initial reaction, and and in particular, I want to ask you: Is there a place for rituals, and what should public worship involve? Yeah, that's a good question. Um. I think my first gut response when you were reading that, it sounds like it's coming from an order from, from Pope Francis. So I haven't read the article in depth, but it would be interesting to hear his reason. Yeah. And I think to if perhaps he may have elaborated in the article or whatnot, because I think um, if the congregation, like, see, we're not Roman Catholics, we're only reading what this article is saying. Correct. But I think just a logic, I think the way my mind works, if, let's just say, look, because you and I, Joseph, we're leaders, you know, we're pastors in our church here, in our, uh, in our faith tradition, in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Oftentimes I've realized that when dealing with members and, uh, you know, people in our congregation, um, whenever there is a decision made at the board level or, you know, or in some type of formal meeting, people want to know why. Mm. So I think that's one aspect of the question. Um, why did, does he want to not for them to revert back to the, to the Latin mass? So that's one aspect. Um, so explaining why. And I think another thing is, um, I think that's probably the, 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 the crux of it. If, if he's, if he's, I'm just speculating. If he's, Reason is, you know, we want to, we want to be uh, more relevant. We mm. want to read what's the current uh, lingo, the language of um, of of today's uh, world and today's, you know, faith groups. Then that's, you know, that's probably if that's his reason. Then I think if their their members can understand that, that's probably um, a, a part for them to consider. I also think as well. Um, when we're talking about worship, the the honest truth is, and I was kind of thinking of this when you're talking, Joseph, um, that the church is it's it's people, 
it's it's God's people. Co- yeah, coming and, together. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously when when you have let's like you're talking about the Catholic Church, one of the largest you know Christian uh, faith groups in the world. Yeah, you're gonna have different perspectives mm. and different ideas of worship. Like I, I'm not versed in any way about how things happen in the in the Catholic Church, but I think it's more of if it's coming from the the higher up leaders mm. like Pope Francis, I think um, explaining to their constituents why, and then hopefully from there they can at least they may not agree, but they can at least understand. Yeah. So, um, so that's one aspect. Um, I think just in general, you're talking about traditionalists and progressives. Yeah. Even in our faith tradition, That's you right. have um, different perspectives on worship, how we worship, you know. What kind um, of songs, yeah, perhaps. Particularly, yeah. that's probably the more, I guess, um, hot topic yeah. in churches. That's right. And in different churches are known for their particular style of worship. You know, I've come to, I've come to a place in my journey as a Christian, um, Joseph, is, you know, you can't change how people express themselves in worship. So if you just happen to rock up to a church and they have a particular style of worship, a particular way of expressing themselves, you know, if you'd asked me many years ago while I was still a student, I'd be very, can I say, perhaps even dogmatic on certain ways of how we are to sing, how we are to present ourselves, um, all that stuff. But I think I've come to a position now, Joseph, where you know, there are other things to be worried about. Like I'm thinking, I'm a pastor, and there's things that happen on the local level, and I'll be honest, we don't have time to. Uh, it actually takes us away from what we're called to do, which is make disciples. You know, growing the kingdom. Yep. We, we share the good news yeah. Yeah, of the gospel with with our communities. Reach out to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a topic we're ever going to settle on this side of um, before Jesus <laughs> comes. To be honest, and but, but the other thing, just to cut in there, yeah. um, William, very quickly, is that you know. As I'm listening to this, I, I can't help but 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 you know really really wonder you know yeah. you know God is a God who made Himself approachable. I mean the whole yeah. incarnation, the whole story of Jesus coming to this world. Yes. He, he came down to this world. He became one of us. He he walked and talked amongst people, and um, he made Himself approachable, very approachable to to, to all peoples and. Um, uh, we find, you know, especially in the book of Hebrews, that uh, through Jesus now we can have direct yeah. access to the throne of God, and uh, uh, you know, so there is very much th- this approachableness um, that, that 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 we have. Yeah. Uh, God wants to be known and yeah. understood, um, and uh, doing something in a uh, not only a foreign language but a but a language from the past. Uh, where where just the religious figurehead yeah. is actually leading out, where people are just watching. To me, I think you know, God, uh, God, God, God. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's what what at all. That's what God would would intend. He, yeah. he he wants worship to be where every genuine seeking person can come and engage and experience and encounter God. Well said. Well said. And um, I think just very quickly as well. I think like without. Understanding too much of, I, I think I get a gist of it. So basically, they used to do the the mass in Latin, and now there's a basically a call from from the Pope saying, you know, we have to do it the new way. I think that's a general way. Yeah, I and mean, with a new language, yeah. today's language. Yeah, I think just in general, people are we're, we're creatures of habit, and when we are told, you know, change, you know, when you've done something for for so long, and particularly in the Catholic Church, which a lot of it is built on. Their rituals and their particular traditions. Mm. 
um, yeah, to just kind of change that. For a lot of people, it does hurt them because it's not how they were brought up. It wasn't how they are, they they have seen it so uh, expressed to them, um, you know, over their whole life. I couldn't help but think it's somewhat of a similar thread of an illustration, but we're talking about, um, for instance, in the whole realm of, of Bible translations, you know, the reason why there are so many Bible translations is because, you know, scholars are trying to trying to um, make, like you said, make the, the Bible accessible. We want it to be read in today's language and culture. And so, you know, a, 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 a translation that, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Say for the King James, I'm not trying to say yes or no to anything, but King James had a particular language for his particular style, particular yes. time in history, and, and it served them well. And, and so now, you know, as times change and, and vocabulary and in language and culture changes, not that the word of God changes, no. but, but as we, we talk, and that's why there is, um, there is a, a move to, you know, um, have newer translations to, to make, speak the language of the people. And make it easily understandable yeah. so that people can actually hear yeah. the word of God and, and read it and, yeah. and, 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 and get, so, to, get to know him. So, so if, if that's the case, if it's purely a language thing, it's very similar to, the say, the Bible translation debate. Because here's some people say, no, we need to read it in this particular way because, I oh know, there's a lot of other... Um, Ideas, but then, yeah. you know, then there's some who like the pure... Uh, a translation such as the Good News Bible or the message that's very simple, they get it in their language, whereas someone else would say, no, that's not, that's not really the Bible because that's, that's a very loose translation. So it's really a person's personal perspective and it's really how they encounter God. Some people will pick up the NIV and they'll read it and they understand they get it. And there's others who want the, I guess the, they they connect God with God more through the King James. So the, I know, the, the more formal language and yeah. yeah. So I know the, our World Watch today is not about Bible translate, but no. I think there's a similar thread. There is a connection, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, look, thank you so much. We, we we need to go to a break quickly, and I, I thought we'd just go to this break with uh, with this song, which actually reminds us that yeah, you know what is the heart of worship and how we can we can uh, we can come to God uh, in worship. And let's listen to Randy Travis. Here I am to worship. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. Step down into darkness Open my eyes and let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you Here I am to worship Here I am to bow Together wonderful to me 
us in heaven above Humbly you came to the earth you created All for love's sake became poor Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Joseph Maticic and Pastor William Mawala. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that we have a special offer that we want to uh, give to you. Um, is, this is a, a book that's called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. And it's actually a, a wonderful book that goes through the Sermon on the Mount, which is the very topic, uh, the very passage that we are going through here on Drive Time. Started it last week and we're continuing it this week. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing is a great book that you want to get in your hands. Um, it has chapters here that go through each section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. A, a wonderful little, like a little, almost a devotional commentary on it. The Sermon on the Mount has been called the Manifesto of the King. Uh, it's also been called the Magna Carta of the Kingdom. It, it, it's the essence of the teaching of Jesus presented to his disciples. Um, and in this book, uh, the, the author, Ellen White, uh, she, uh, with a powerful punch, expounds on this sermon and applies each section of it um, into our day-to-day lives. And so if you'd like to get to today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA13 to 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven and the faith fm giveaway bot will reply asking for your details so text the code word sa13 that's the letters sa as in south australia and then the number 1313 sa13 text that to oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven 
Well, uh, we are looking at the uh, Sermon on the Mount, as we mentioned, and um, this whole week we're looking at personal spirituality and the radical teachings of Jesus. Today's question is, why does Christ criticize public philanthropy? William uh, Mawala is my co-host uh, here. Uh, now, William, um, that, that's a bit of a mouthful, uh, th- this <laughs> question. Why does Christ criticize public philanthropy? So let's, let's just um, uh, kind of um, make that clear and understandable yeah. for our listeners. Um, philanthropy. What on earth does philanthropy mean? Let, let's just look at that word to start off with. Yeah. So when you look at the dictionary, um, Joseph, basically philanthropy is the desire to promote the welfare of others expressed especially by the generous donation of money to good causes. So in other words, Joseph, a philanthropist is basically someone who donates their money, um, their experience, their time, their skills, their talents in order to help others. Okay. Well, I'm immediately thinking of... Um some of the world's richest people, William. Um, I, I think of um, Bill Gates, um, who who was for some time the world's wealthiest man, developer of Microsoft, um, credible yep. wealth, and uh, and yet he, um, he he was he was what would call a, a philanthropist. He he um, gave a lot of money yep. towards uh, helping. Uh, I think uh, particularly um, medicine and development of medicine in um, third world countries. Yep. Which, which in turn, you know, was really able to help a, a lot of people and is also giving money toward, you know, I guess medical research and things like that. So, th- so w- w- that giving of that money, which, which he doesn't have to, uh, that, that, that is what we call an, a philanthropist. Is that right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, so, and then there'd be others. Yeah. And, um, and like, I think when we, we think, when we think about philanthropists, we think of the people like Bill Gates, people who have huge amounts of money, like millions. I mean, millions and millions of dollars and they somehow found it in themselves that for them it they found uh i guess a blessing they found part of their calling if you will in using their success and their money to to help and benefit others which when you really think about it it's a christian virtue to to give and to bless others so today's topic is it's got a bit of an angle to it is um why does Jesus criticize um, not just philanthropy but public philanthropy? So there's okay. a bit of an edge to to our question today. And and of course we we are not only talking here about you know someone like a Bill Gates or you know some yeah. some of the other wealthiest people you know Gina Hart. I mean that that they are such a tiny minority. I mean w- what we wanted to look at is what Jesus said. In the Sermon on the Mount, and William, sure. let's let's have a look at it. Let, let, let's look at the actual key passage. That's the focus of our topic today, um, and it's in Matthew chapter six, uh, the first few verses there. So, do you want to read those those verses and, and, and the references there? Sure, Matthew six verses one to four, which is where we're going to take our talk from uh, today. Um, it says these words. Um, this is the words of Jesus speaking. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men. To be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, 
that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Okay, so it's not talking just to the wealthiest at all. It, that, that, that relates to all of us, William, really. Absolutely. Um, doing a charitable deed, doing a good deed, um, giving. Um, uh, it, it, and, and essentially, yeah, there's some caution there that Jesus, that, that Jesus gives. Um, so what we're finding here is Jesus is now touching on another aspect of our Christian life. The Sermon on the Mount uh, is really a description of... Um, a, a, a Christian, a, a citizen of God's kingdom. Yep. The principles outlined in the Sermon on the Mount really are the opposite to our society, to, to the world's principles, really, sure. aren't they? Um, and they describe what it means to be a citizen of God's kingdom. Here, Jesus is now looking at the, the whole theme of personal piety, yep. our, our personal faith. Uh, tomorrow, he's going to talk you know, about uh, prayer life and, uh, and so on. But here in particular, he touches on, on giving. Now, every, you know, this can be a bit of a raw nerve. We all have... We all have a little bit or we have a lot, but giving is a bit of a raw nerve. And, he, and, and, and doing good things um, is something that he's, he's giving us some um, guidelines on. So what, what's, what's this on about? What, what, what can we gain from what Jesus is sharing? What, 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 what do you have there? Yeah, I think when we read that passage, um, Jesus is not necessarily uh, – he's not against charity or giving. Quite the opposite because he – Tells us, you know, uh, in a few verses prior, he says, um, let our light shine before men that okay. they see our good works and glorify yep. our Father. I think what Jesus is really centering on in that, those four, four verses in Matthew six, it's this idea of a self-centered nature of public, not just giving, but in a broader sense, religion. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that when my religion is more about what others, how others view me and think of me, Rather than my my motivation and desire to do it for God and God's glory. Okay, so really, really getting at the motive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the word, the yeah. motive. And, and so the practice in and of itself is not a problem, uh, as we'll see in other places. You know, uh, it, it, when it talks about prayer, whatever, there's nothing wrong to pray. But it's how it's done, and and yeah. and, the, and the motive is behind it. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That's that's good. Yep. So, um, so in our time today in the studio, um, Joseph, I've got probably like three main ideas I want our listeners to kind of, um, think on and just kind of, um, want to share with them. And, um, and hopefully that will maybe shed a bit of light on, on what Jesus is teaching here in the gospel. So, um, the first thing I, I'd like to maybe, uh, share with our viewers, our listeners, sorry, uh, today is when we're talking about this idea of why does Jesus, um, can criticize public philanthropy, if I could just use another word, public giving or Mm. charitable deeds. The first point I'd like to raise to our listeners is this, that as believers, Joseph, um, I I see in Scripture that when we give, we must practice giving as a spiritual discipline. So on the outset, the first thing I just kind of want to share with our listeners today is that giving is... It's, it's a discipline. You know, when I think about the word discipline, Joseph, it's like, it's like having a, an exercise re- regime. You know, there's some days you don't want to go for a walk or jog. There's sometimes it, it can be inconvenient. You don't want to do it, but it's part and parcel of, of growing as a person. And, and in the Christian life, um, God desires to, for us to give and to practice giving, um, as a spiritual discipline. And so when I think about a spiritual discipline, it's part and parcel of what it means to be a believer. We give. We give 
um, because it's part of who we are. It's part of who God is. God is the greatest giver. Yeah, and Jesus it says here, when you give, not not Good. if. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it yeah, clearly it, it's imp- yeah, it's there as a as as. A practice, a, a, a discipline, as you say, yeah. of, of any Christian. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so um, when we think about this first point here today, um, thinking of giving as a spiritual discipline, um, a couple of things I want to mention um, in this um, in this um, section here is when when Christians give, when you and I give, Joseph, um, it can only really happen, and I believe it can only be acceptable, I guess, in God's eyes, is, and we can only truly give. Um, when Christ is truly first in our lives, yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, God, God wants to be first and and the most important, yeah, um, it, of all areas of our lives. Yeah. And the way you show that something is most significant is by what what you give towards yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so Christian giving it naturally happens when Christ. You know, I, I was thinking in the Bible. You know the story, Joseph, of um. Of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter nineteen, yeah, you know when he, when Jesus called him down off that tree and they had that beautiful experience in the house, and then what does Zacchaeus does uh, do? He stands up and he basically um, makes this um, declaration: mm. If I've robbed anyone, if I've defrauded anyone, I'll give back fourfold. And so it was a natural result for Zacchaeus to give, and that's how we are as Christians. We, if if we are truly committed to following Jesus, we will naturally give. It, just like a parent, we naturally love our kids. We naturally just go out of our way to love our children, and we, we do everything for them because we love them. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural thing. And it's the same thing with God and with money with us, uh, with, with believers. Um, another, another thing I like to consider in this, um, this little point here is um, when we think about giving, uh, we're going to get to the whole idea of, Publicly, you know, Jesus criticizing public, but just kind of setting a bit of a foundation here. Yep. Um, when you think about giving, um, Christian giving, it, it should be planned. It should be intentional, Joseph, mm. um, not haphazard. And, you know, I'm just thinking about my own experience going to church. And look, we have, look, I'm going to confess on, on radio, there's sometimes when, we're just so busy in the week and just so busy getting ready to church and we forget to bring an offering to church or we, we forget to plan. And, and it, it feels so bad when, <laughs> when the offering's going around and you're like, Oh no, I haven't got my, 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 my money to give. And you feel bad because deep down, you know, God deserves better than that. You know, if God is the giver of all wealth and he gives you the strength to earn an income, like God, God should be the first. And so I've had those days and you don't feel crash hot about it. But what that taught me is you got to plan for it. That's right. And you got to plan. You've got to go to the ATM on the day before or the, you know, whatever, however you do it. Or now there's people come, who give online. Come prepared. Come prepared. Come prepared. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And so Christian giving, it should be planned. Um, another thing when I think about this idea of if it's a discipline, it needs to be planned. Um, Another thing, and I think we're going to get to the heart of um, our talk today, is when we think about giving, Christian giving must be, it's got to come from a place, like like we were just saying earlier, uh, It's it must be natural, and when we give naturally, um, we give with a joyful heart. You know, God doesn't want us, let's just be open here, God doesn't need our money, right, Joseph? No. He doesn't need our money, he owns everything. So what God's, I guess, trying to do is teach us that when we give and we give out of the overflow of our love for our Savior and we give, it's um, we're really developing our character at the same time because by nature we're self-centered. Yeah. 
And so um, giving is really going against the grain of, of what we would naturally do. We'd naturally hold on to our money. We don't want to give. But the Christian believer and what the Bible seems to be teaching is giving has to be natural. Well, not has to be, but it, it will be natural for a person who is totally um, giving themselves to, to the Lord. And it must be given with a joyful heart. And it, like going back to that analogy, Joseph, when I've come prepared and I've got my tithe envelope and I'm, you know, and it, even as I say this, this is bordering on what we're talking about today. Not, not giving for others to kind of like watch me put my envelope uh. in the, um, in the offering as it goes around, but to know that I thought about it and I've, I've, I'm coming with an offering to God and it, you feel good because you know you're doing what God desires in a sense that he doesn't need your money, but you're coming, the money just represents your heart. Like mm. you're coming to give because you know how much God has blessed you. So um, with a joyful heart is what God desires, I believe. And um, there's a couple other things. It, it should be sacrificial. Um, there's a huge, I mean, we can go into a bit in, in depth in this part, but um Sometimes I, you know, when we think about giving, Joseph, sometimes the Lord will test us. Mm. Sometimes it may not be a, a crash hot week you've had or a, 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 you're going for a slump. Something's happened. You got hit financially. And so giving is is almost, it's going to cost us. And again, it's coming back to the character. God wants us to grow and he wants us to give to say, who do you trust? Are you going to trust in yourself or are you going to trust in me? So giving is far more than just dollars and cents thrown in a bag during offering time. It's really an indication of where you are at with God. Because giving, yeah, uh, the way that we show your loyalty, your love, or or that someone is a priority is you give them time and money, really. Yeah. Time and money. They're, yeah. they're the twin twin barometers, if you like, of of your loyalty. Uh, you think of if, if when you fall in love with someone, uh, you, you just want to spend every moment with them. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then and then you, you you lavish them with things. You know, you, yes. you you're buying them, whether it be flowers or chocolates or you know, to, for the, to go out with them. It's that initial. Yeah, you, know, you just you just want to be with them. Now. Let, let's let's refer that to the fact that you know in our relationship with God, uh, if He is number one, then yeah, it requires yep. us. Uh, we, we will want to give of our time and and, and our money. And so Jesus here is um, that's understood. And so Jesus says, okay, so when you give, keep in mind this is how you should you should actually do it. So yep. really, what you've emphasised here so far is giving is um, is clearly understood as a practice that that all Christians yep. should should be engaged yep. in. Okay, let's let's carry on. So that was the first one. We'll, we'll, we'll hit one more before our break, and then we'll, we'll close on the third one. But the second one is, as believers, and I think this is getting to the heart of our topic today, we, we have to guard ourselves, Joseph, against wrong motives in giving. Um, that's why Jesus says, be careful not to you know, uh, display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. You know, it seems to read that Jesus, you know, you remember the story in the Old Testament when they wanted to choose a king and the, the Israelites chose King Saul because he was head and shoulders above the rest mm. and he was good looking and whatnot. And what did Samuel say? He said, God, man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. I think what Jesus is teaching in the, the Sermon on the Mount is um, God can see our hearts. Now, this is a crazy thing, Joseph, because philanthropists like Bill Gates, etc., we can't read their hearts. No. We don't know their motives. That's between them and God. So on the outward exterior, it looks amazing that they're donating millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
And of course, by any person's standard, that is a generous act. But with Jesus, he seems to go below. He, he, he goes right underneath that surface level and he, he, he kind of challenges us in our, in our motives, in our conscience. Why are you giving? And so this is something that only God can do. You know, in the New Testament, there's stories where Jesus, the reason why I was having such problems with the Pharisee, because I think it's in the Gospel of John where it said that he could, he could read their hearts. He, he knew what they were thinking. And it's the same thing with giving. When we give, Jesus doesn't care how much we give. It's, it's the motive. And so here Jesus saying in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, don't do it in front of people because that's not impressing me. I can see right through you. Mm. And so Jesus seems to be highlighting that when, when we give and if we can broadly say anything we do for that matter, if we're not doing it for God, you know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, whatever we do, we eat, we drink, we do to the glory of God. So, in, and I can't help, you know, we're offline, um, Joseph, before we went on today. And I was telling you about my early experience in the Tongan church, in the Methodist church where I grew up in uh, Sydney. And we had this one day in the whole year. It was called the Misnali. I can't remember. Don't know what the English equivalent is. But basically it was a day where each family came forward to the front of the church. And they would read out the the, the, the name of the church, the, the church family, and the, the leader or the, the someone would read a scripture. And then they would count how much they would give. And sometimes it would be into the thousands. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the end of their song, they would be counting all their money that they had donated. Mm, wow. And then they go, okay, the Moala family has given $15,000 and the whole church would just – that, 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 that's not a outrageous uh, number. They, they were Each family was into the tens of thousands. And they'd be announcing this. Announcing it. And then at the end of the, this day, they would count up how much they had for the whole day. Um, well, you know, all everyone's families combined. It would be like into the – $200,000, like huge amounts. But but they were naming and identifying who, yeah, who and, gave and how I much. I can't help but think. I mean, I wasn't trying to be critical back then, but even my 17-year-old mind was saying, something's wrong with this. I mm. would actually say this to my mother when we were driving home. I said, well, why do you guys do that, mum? Like, who needs to know who gave what? I mean, it's all for show. And in, in my Tongan culture, Pacific culture, a lot of it, everything is done by so that others can see. And I'm sure other cultures have the same thing. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you give, so if we would apply this principle to what happened in my early experience in the Methodist church, there would be none of that. There mm. wouldn't be, imagine we did that in our faith tradition, Joseph. Imagine yeah. when it came to offering time and then I would stand up with my tithe envelope <laughs> and go from the front, hey guys, I've donated uh, $3,000. <laughs> That's basically what was happening. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think what Jesus is saying here is um, he said, you know, do it in secret. You yeah. don't need to parade, parade your seemingly your good works because what Jesus is saying is when you really boil it down, when you're doing things for other people, you're, it's basically not God-honoring, it's self, self-honoring. Yeah. Look, we need to take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, William, we, we, will, we will be back and uh, to, to, um, to come back and, and, and wrap up what Jesus is t- talking here about giving, which, which relates to all of us. Um, but let's, let's, let's take a break. Um, we'll listen to, th- to this song and uh, we'll come back. You're tuned to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A.
What I have is plenty What I have is good What I have is beautiful Thank you for it all Teach my heart contentment Teach me to be still Teach me how to rest in you For in you I am filled Only in you I am filled to share a program with a friend? Tell them about the free Faith FM app where they can easily listen to hundreds of programs and podcasts. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, big Q&A uh, with myself, Joseph Matichich, and uh, William Mawala. And uh, we are going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, looking in particular at uh, what Jesus said about giving to the needy. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 1 to 4, and uh, he says there, When you give to the needy, in verse 2, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. But, he says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yep. And um, Jesus tells us yeah, that when we do, yeah, nothing against giving, 
but it, we don't give to, to make a show or to draw attention to others. Now, I want to remind you again of the, uh, the free offer that we have. It's his great book, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. Uh, which actually is a lovely exposition and explanation of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We want you to get this uh, great book. And um, in order to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word. Today's uh, code word is SA13 to 488 And the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So all you need to do is text the code word SA13. And uh, to the number 04-888-808-11. Now, William, um, in this book that we want to offer, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, sure. um, there's a, just a couple of lines here that are right on what we're talking about here. Christ's words here where he says, um, don't give um, so that others uh, see or whatever else. Uh, he makes it very plain. And here's what, this, uh, what it says in this, books, in this book. sorry. In the acts of charity, the aim should not be to secure praise and honor from people. Real godliness never prompts an effort at display. Wow. Those who desire words of praise and flattery and feed upon them as a sweet morsel are Christians in name only. Oh, uh, so you know, and and that's why we want to offer this to uh, to our readers. Um, Thoughts from the Man of Blessings, uh, a great giveaway book that we want want you to to to, to have. So William, yeah, you know, just before the break, we we were really looking at this whole idea of um, uh, giving in such a way that it doesn't um, you know, draw attention. You mentioned your example there, yeah. and um, you know, I'm I'm thinking of also of um, uh, you know. Uh, 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 particularly Christian institution, William, and uh, and uh, there was a, a a certain we could call him a philanthropist because he was very well off, and he he gave a lot of money to that institution to be able to construct some new buildings that that were desperately needed. But the interesting thing was that those buildings were actually had to be named after him. Then, well, there you go, <laughs> and uh, and and that that in and of itself is probably not not an issue as much as the fact that this individual he was a fairly strong individual and. Uh, what, what what was also interesting is because he was giving so much money, he wanted to have quite a bit of a say in how the money was spent, and uh, and and so there was this whole issue of that the, the institution then has to uh, kind of delicately balance how they're going to 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 deal with him. Kind of like they, they owe him something. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, and so I think Jesus is probably touching yeah. on that. You know, if if we give. Well, we've given it, and then it's not for us to then want to then control how that how that actually uh, yeah. can, can be spent. And um, yeah, so is there anything else that we learn here from what Jesus uh, teaches us about giving? I think just on that verse four, that last verse there, um, talks, Jesus says that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will Himself reward you openly. I think there's a point there to may, be made, Joseph. Is that when we when we give, we really give to honor God. Yes, and Jesus seems to imply that there is a reward that the Father wants to bestow upon us. And so, when we give, see, there even in and of itself, there's a bit of a tension there. We don't want to give just so God can reward us, but when we give, there's a blessing for us. Mm. Now, to kind of just go straight to the question, like. So in summary, what we're basically saying, three three quick points before our program ends in a few minutes. Giving is a spiritual discipline. It's it's You read it in Scripture. It's just like Bible study and prayer and 
these are this is part of of who we are as believers. We give. Yes. Um, but what we're highlighting today's program is it's guarding against wrong motives. Okay. Giving to be seen, giving so people can applaud applaud us. This is what Jesus seems to be uh, saying for us not to do. If I could just speak off the just out of my heart, Joseph, I think why Jesus says this because this is not what God is about. God is, by definition, He is a God. God is love. First John four, and l- true love is self-sacrificing love. This is what Jesus is. This is what the gospel is all about. He gave of Himself. So whenever Jesus sees in us deviations from God and and who He is, I think He He's kind of calling it out. So that's why the Pharisees hated him. He was calling them out on their hypocrisy. He said, you know, that famous chapter, Matthew 23, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You do this, this, and this. You tithe and you do this, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law. So I think what Jesus is, he's really saying to the believers, he's saying, if you really want to follow God, I'm here to tell you what he's like. And, And when you give, don't give like these so-called religious leaders. Don't give just so your fellow man can see you. Give because you love God. Mm. And I think that's what's going to stand the test of time. And I think I was just thinking in the break while we were chatting, Joseph, is isn't it a beautiful thing as a Christian to know that by by the grace of God is when you live your life, you're living it for God. Mm. And no one maybe sees the internal struggles. They don't know the type of week you've had, but you know that those daily battles, those daily tests, that, that, that just keeping your eye on God, I think that is the, the victories of the Christian no one will ever know about. You know, like right now, Joseph, me and you, we're talking about money and motives and all that. It's, it's good for us to talk about this in the studio, but to live what we're talking about to know let's just give it a practical thing let's say you gave someone money and you didn't tell anybody our fallen nature wants to tell someone Mm. you know what i did the other day i gave this and sometimes we do it as adventists when we go to our sabbath school lesson and we we talk all this spiritual talk and we like to almost it's that same principle we want to Talk so that other people can look at us and go, wow, he knows his Bible. And and so I'm trying to think, like, imagine if we did a good deed this week. How many of us would just keep it to ourselves and just go, you know what? I don't need to tell anyone. I don't need to validate what I did. God knows. And I think. And that's what I matters. Think, and I think that's what matters. I think yeah. that's a sign of Christian maturity is that yeah. we can go through life and simply doing what God yeah. said. Let's say I spent. And this is kind of coming, like, let's say, sometimes we meet Adventists, look, I better be careful. But sometimes we want to tell people the religious things we've done so that they can look at us. Oh, I I spent two hours in devotion this morning. Or I prayed all night. And then somehow we think that, um, I don't know why we do it, but we, we yearn to be accepted. Yeah. And Jesus seems to be saying, hey, when you when you give, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. And it's not just the giving because as you are sharing there, what you're pointing out is anything. 
Yes. Any any act of devotion, any 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 um good work, and and yeah, you're yep. really this is really cutting to the heart for that. Yes. That I think challenges every one of yes. us, William. Every one of us, uh, you and I could could t- tell other people, oh look look what we did on the on Faith FM. Look yes. at you know, the opportunities we have and whatever. So it cuts to to the heart of each one of us, you know. And Absolutely. and so I think you know as we wrap up, there there are there are a couple of things here that really we need to ask. Every one of us can ask ourselves. Number one. Is it important for others to see or hear about our good works and accomplishments? Mm. If so, maybe the pride of Pharisees in our hearts. Yep. And think about this one then. How do we respond when others <laughs> praise us? Are we excited? If so, maybe that reveals a desire for us to build ourselves up. Yep. And then another one here. How do we respond when people criticize us or don't recognize our accomplishments? <laughs> Does that upset us? Yeah. If so, our focus might not be really on God and as it should be. Yep. So we have looked at something here that we kind of would have thought at the outset, well, I'm not a philanthropist. I don't have a huge amount of money. This doesn't relate to me. Yeah. But yet again, another pointer of Jesus driving us to the heart. No matter what it is that we do, do we do it because we want to draw attention to ourselves or not? Or is it because uh, we're doing it because we want to serve God? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you that you read the heart and you want us to serve you because we love you and we want to do that um, not for any other reason, not because we want to draw attention to ourselves or show off or anything like that. Lord, you read our hearts. Help us to understand that. And I pray that you will uh, help us to to be honest with you in all our responses to you is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it looks like our time's up for today. Thank you for joining uh, me, Joseph Matichich, and William Mawala. I encourage you to tune in again tomorrow when Gary Hodgkin will be with Eric Hall continuing to explore the Sermon on the Mount and they're looking at the question, why does Christ criticize public prayer and fasting? I hope you can tune in then. But in the meantime, please remember that Jesus said that I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and a heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.